Welcome to episode 6 of Taking a Punt, the Dane Roy story. As we entered season 3 in the college system for Dane Roy, it was a season of expectation for the team with plenty of key players on important watch lists amongst media pundits, including Dane himself. But sport can be fickle, and this particular season for the Houston Cougars would turn out to be a case of chocolates to boiled lollies. This is Taking a Punt, the Dane Roy story. This is a very talented team. This is one of the, uh, the best teams that I've played with, I reckon. And, um, and we had a fair few good players like Ed Oliver, obviously uh, drafted in the first round. He was on a watch list. I think he won that in the end. No, no, he won it the year before. He got injured this year, so he didn't win it. Will Noble was the center. And then um, Derek King, obviously our uh, massive, uh, massive quarterback. He's not that big actually, but he's like a massive player. And um and myself for the Ray Guy watch list. It's always good, like start of the year and you see yourself on the watch list. And um, you want to be on the original watch list because by the time there's like four weeks in, every punter is on the watch list because like you can't get the weekly nomination if you're not on the watch list. And um, you, you really want to get that one. But uh, yeah, we uh, always uh, keep an eye out for that. And if you're not on it, you always got run up to your sports information director and you say, hey, why am I not on the Ray Guy watch list? And then uh, you'll be on it in a couple of days. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we uh, started off September 1st. We played Rice at Rice. And Kiara, her mum and her nephew, Geordie, are in town. And this game is was played in the middle of the day and apparently got up to like near nearly like 120 or 48 in the stands. I don't know if that's like the direct temperature it feels like or the heat index, but um, yeah, I heard it got up to like 120. And that is ridiculous. Just think of like Waverley Park with the concrete stands, but it goes up to the size of like a, a massive football bowl and there's no shade. And there was a lot of old people collapsing, apparently. So that's really how hot it got. And uh, some people's cleats and boots were melting on the field because, like, the, the heat was so big. And, uh, yeah, uh, I, I had a pretty good game in the end. But um, uh, we won the, the Bayou bu- Bucket, which was a uh, golden bucket on, like, a, a trophy. For some- <laughs> it's... It's pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, we, we won that one and retained the rights. So, it's 45-27 uh, to 27 we won. So first and 10 with 3.15 to play. Houston trying to put this one away. Rose came up with a turnover last time. Here they go. Right up the middle and into the end zone. Touchdown. Patrick Carr drives it right in to the end zone. A 37-yard run. And Houston's up 44-27. But we needed a game like this. We needed a game where we could go out there and, and really look at it and say, when we're not playing up to our standard, this is what happens. And when we do play to our standard, this is what happens. So it's a very clean cut picture, tale of two halves uh, for us. Well, then next week we went back home, just across 288, and uh, we played Arizona. Everyone tipped Arizona in the pregame show as they're a big Pac-12 team, and no one rates us right now. And um, except for one guy, Owen Gray, and um, he was like a, a celebrity guest judge. He's, he's just a local friend of ours uh, as a specialist, but he was managed to be on the show. 
the pregame show and he says, no, I'm picking Houston. And uh, we end up spanking them 45 to 18. And people are like, ooh, maybe Houston have got some moves. But um, yeah, that was a uh, another big game. And then we went out to uh, Lubbock. And Lubbock, for those people who don't know where Lubbock is, it is in the middle of West Texas. You could consider that the middle of nowhere. And um, that is three, I think it's like 3,000 or 2,000 feet above sea, sea level, but it's flat. And you don't even, there's no mountains and stuff. So it's very confusing. And uh, sorry, it's uh, 976 meters above sea level. And um, yeah, it's in the middle of the desert. Cliff Kingsbury was the head coach. And, um, and the, the, they played with the quarterback. He was like a rookie quarterback and we gave him all the records. For some reason, our, um, our DBs couldn't defend and they were just launching long bombs and he was just like having the time of his life. The wide receivers were catching everything and um, it was a massive, massive shootout of a game. Uh, I think we should have won. Our defensive scheme was terrible and it wasn't helped by how quickly we scored. So we would chuck our defense back on and um, yeah, we, uh, we lost 63 to 49. That is like, and if you were on the overs, I think that was covered in like the first minute of the game or something. It was covered pretty early on, but um, yeah, that was a, it was a weird game because we thought we could have won. And I think we had an onside attempt near the end of the game. And like, it was a kind of like a, a chip down one of our guys had to sprint to the other guy to beat it. And we got the wrong bounce and the ball just bounced out. But um, yeah, two and one now. And then we go to uh, September 22nd, Texas Southern. Um, we win 70 to 14 and I have no punts. And uh, our backup snapper, Tony Cantu, was snapping for the game and because Nick, our our main long snapper was suspended for um, a violation of team rules. We'll leave it at that. But um, yeah, Tony was really happy. He got his game in. And uh, I remember he was really, really nervous and like I'm holding and like he would snap it back and then have to like block like on the field goals and PATs. And I'm trying to catch these balls up here and we run off to the sideline and I was like, Oh my God, this guy, come on, Tony, hurry up, get the snaps down. And then he asked me, he goes, oh, hey, Dane, hey, how am I going? And, like, I don't want to scare the shit out of him and make him snap even worse. I said, mate, you're going great. These are the best snaps you've ever had. And he's like, good. And that kind of settled him down. So we told him that after the game. And he was like, no way. And I was like, yeah, have a look at the video, mate. So um, a little screen out for the wide receiver. Stevenson's in. Touchdown, Houston. Wide open. Touchdown, Houston. In carry mark. Middle. He's in. Um, bye week comes around. Kiara is about to leave. So we um, go to the bars and restaurants and just, um, yeah, just trying to get in some dates with each other before we leave and we won't see each other for a couple of months. Uh, the week after the bye week, sorry, we, um, we had to uh, Tulsa come to town, actually. And uh, again, with the bad games versus Tulsa. But um, not as bad as usual, but still a 40-yard average. But it's not what I'm after. And it's not what I've been doing, like, in recent weeks. Like, I've, I've been 
hitting some better balls. It just Tulsa just got me again. And we win that game. We win 41 to 26. And we're a four and one record now. And we are flying. And we are talking the talk right now because we're winning our conference games. So October 13, we play ECU. It's East Carolina. We go all the way to Greenville, North Carolina. And it's a pretty cool place. Like the stadium's a really nice one too. It's one of my, my favorite small college towns or small college, big college town, so to say. And the tailgates look pretty cool uh, from what I gathered from the bus going into the stadium. And uh, mum and dad were on a tour of the East Coast and um, the East Coast of America. And they came to watch and it was a pretty good game for them to come and watch because I punted 10 times and we won. So they got a really good game in to watch. And um, it was a really nice atmosphere as well. So I think they appreciated that. <laughs> I think we, uh, we punted a lot in the last quarter as well. And I punted with like 10 seconds to go, which is kind of really annoying yeah. as a punter because like anything could happen and ruin your, your day. But lucky for me, the coach on the other team must have told their returner, just fair catch it, that's it, end of the game, don't want any injuries. Because I line-drived it and he just caught it. I was like, all right, thank you. Could have been, uh, could have been bad then. But, um, yeah, we won 42 to 20, 5-1 and one now. We are, we are going good. On third down, pressure, and there is the first sack of the year for Ed Oliver. And the ball, loose, touchdown, Agboule. Armeki Agboule, scoop and score. Yeah, so the next week after that, we play Navy. And uh, mum and dad go from uh, North Carolina all the way up to um, uh, Washington, D.C. And then they make their way across to Annapolis, which is where Navy are based out of. And um, very handy that we managed to play two games in a row on the East Coast, so which they could drive to, which was, um, yeah, it was perfect, really. So uh, uh, the Navy game, we won at Navy. It was just... Uh, I think it was um, a little bit of drizzle as well at the end of the game. Like, as I said, the first time we were there, it felt like Poolong. It's like dark, gloomy. It's always raining. But um, I punted once, and it was the first drive of the game. Um, and I think Dad missed it because he was in the toilet or getting a beer or something like that. But, um, yeah, they, they're not too cluey about, like, what's happening with the, the game. They're like, who's on? or Is he about to punt? No. Like, because if I'm... If the other team had the ball, then you're all good. But if we've got the ball, I'm a chance to punt at any stage. But um, they, they were slowly understanding by the end of uh, my senior year. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so the first drive of the game, I punted. It was a bad punt. Went for 39 yards and they returned it for a bit. And um, so that means I only punted one time at that stadium and that was that day. So, um, yeah. yeah, we uh, had a, a few Aussies in the crowd supporting us. So that was always fun. So, yeah, so we won 49 to 36 and now we are six and one. So we went to dinner with mum and dad uh, a couple of days later and um, we watched the Texans versus the Dolphins on the Thursday night. And um, that was pretty fun. Always, It's always good to be at a game with people who don't really know the game. Yeah. So then you can kind of tell them what's happening and like compare it to something in your game. You're like, oh, they're doing this because of this reason. They're doing this because of this. And I'm like, I don't know what they're doing right now, so don't ask me. <laughs> but, so, yeah, it was good to kind of give them a, uh, a little lesson in it. So then um, the next game, USF, we play South Florida. These guys are ranked 21 because they, um, they're 7-0 and right now and we're 7-1. and one. And, um, yeah, 
big buzz around town right now. Seven and zero versus seven and one. This is a big game, and we kill it. 57-36, Houston. And South Florida falls from the ranks of the unbeaten. So, so we go to seven and one now. And yeah, we, we win 57 to 36. And like Derek King makes this couple of crazy plays in this game. But there's this one play how he's like about to get sacked. He just moves out of it. He sees another guy, spins out of that tackle, spins out of another one and runs into an open touchdown. And people are like, maybe this Houston team can play. So now we are, um, everyone's talking about us making a New Year's Six Bowl game and like we'll, we'll make it to the conference championship. We'll do this. Our team is feeling good as well. We're like, this is good. We're, we're going places. So we're seven and one right now. Nothing can stop us except for SMU the next game. We head on up to Dallas on the bus again and we are ranked. And um, we stuff it up again, just like two years ago. We just can't get up for the games with zero crowd. I have no idea why it is, but there's no atmosphere in SMU. There's no crowd there. But they came, to be, to, to be honest, fair credit to them, they came out firing and we just couldn't catch up. We, um, we scored two touchdowns and five minutes to go, we were really close, but then there was a lightning delay. So... Yeah, we we back into the sheds and just had to wait for the lightning delay. And we came back out and um, we gave it a crack, but we lost. And yeah, we lost forty-five to thirty-one. Now our record's seven and two, but that's okay. That's our first conference loss, and we can still make the conference championship. Mm-hmm. So all we have to do is just win a couple more games, and this is ours. So now we're. Um, Seven and two. We're still scoring over 40 points a game. Our offense clearly isn't the problem. It's our defense. And the media start ripping into the defensive coordinator. And to be honest, he got very lucky to see his second year of his contract. Because, like, yeah. Go look at the statistics. Mm -hmm. He's a nice guy. But uh, he wasn't doing what he was meant to be doing if he's getting paid that much as well. So um, it's about time of the year. Spring Carnival back in Melbourne. That's something I really, really, really miss. And I really can't wait to get back to Australia and, um, and participate at the Spring Carnival and wearing a nice suit, putting a few mystery bets on, some quaddies. In 2017, I was able to watch uh, the Melbourne Cup on my fire stick and um, put it on Channel 7 somehow. But uh, it wasn't working this year, so I had to watch it on my iPad Via, via one of those betting sites with a VPN. So um, my sister came, finally came to town. And uh, this is start of November. She, uh, she finally came to Houston. Only took her two and a half years. But um, she went to Mexico City and then Havana, Cuba, while on her trip. And then she uh, stopped over to Houston uh, on her way back. And she was meant to go to Austin, but she just ran out of time. I think ran out of energy. But um, yeah, we uh, polished off a a bottle of Havana gold after one game. And that's some, it's a really, really nice dark rum. And it never didn't even give me a a headache the next day. So uh, if I ever go to Cuba, I'm getting some more Havana gold. So um, another game comes up temple November 10. This is the 10th game of the season. Pretty sure if we win this, we're really, really close to making the championship. So temple did their homework. And um, it started from the very start. Like, 
the first punt of the game, the first drive of the game, have to go out there and punt, and I catch it. And all of a sudden, I just see this shadow coming really, really, really close really quickly. And I was like, oh, my God, they're about to block my punt. So I changed my punt style just to, like, poke it out, just to get something. Because if it hits, gets blocked, it's going back behind me. He was quicker than that. He got there so quickly. And, um, yeah, uh, one guy missed my assignment. I think it was Emeke missed his assignment. Emeke is a really nice guy. And he's playing for the Chargers now. But he just missed his assignment. He, he went to the wrong guy and blocked to the wrong guy. So that means two guys blocked one guy and one guy came free. And yeah, it was just, um, came straight at me and just blocked the ball. I always thought maybe I could just do like a fake and step behind him and he just goes over the top and then I kick it. But I looked at the camera of the video, there was a guy coming from the other side and he would have cleaned me up. So I was in a bit of a lose-lose situation there. So uh, Temple, their offense played a really, really slow game, holding the ball all game, making our defense stay out there like for as long as possible, knowing that our offense would come out there and score straight away. So then in the end, we lost 59 to 49 because like our defense just couldn't stop them. But um, uh, our players, like we have the most talented players. It's just that we were just taught the wrong things, I'm guessing. I'm not a I'm not a coach. I'm not a football guy myself, but like it just must have been that because we had some really, really talented players. So um yeah, our offense would score straight away and back out goes the D. So yeah, Temple did really well to, to study that game and, and just know what to do. So yeah, we're now seven and three after that loss. What's the energy like around the team right now? You know, again, two weeks ago, you kind of had this big sort of emotional win. Last week, you don't. <laughs> Disappointed at our energy. Disappointed. We lost the football game. I mean, we spent a lot of time and, and dive into this as, as players and coaches, and uh, our energy is down. You know, I mean, you, you just lost the football game, but tomorrow we're getting ready for Tulane. That's what, that's what our message was in the locker room. We got five days to make sure that our seniors go out the right way. We have no idea which way this league's going to go. Uh, but you can't sit there and, and, and be depressed about it. You got to fight back from it. Obviously, we're disappointed in the way we played and the way we coached. No doubt about it. But it's, it's still two games left. We got to worry about the one that's ahead of us. And like I said, you don't know what's going on with this league and how it's going to play itself out. So you better just prepare and be ready for the opportunity when it presents itself. Now we've got two games to go. We just need to win two of these last two, and then we're. Um... We're going to be conference. Uh, we're going to win the West in the conference. So all we have to do is win a couple of games earlier than that, and we would have been good. But we've put the job in front of us now. We've got Tulane and Memphis to go. Tulane, the last home game of the year. It's a Thursday night game, and it's um, they're five and five in and in the conference, and they're also in the running to win our division. But um, yeah, we didn't really want a part of that, so we smack them. We win forty-eight to seventeen. Uh, poor Derek King does his knee. I think he did his knee in a couple of plays earlier. And then after one play, just walked off. And he's like, yeah, I can't do it anymore. And uh, they brought in freshman Clayton Toon. Probably not the, uh, the smartest decision by the coaches, but they'd already played their cards with um, our quarterback who was meant to come here, who was recruited to play, Quinton Dormady. So at the time, Quinton was like, he came over here. He was told he was going to be the starter. He's like, yeah, no worries. I'll come over here. Houston's a great team. And then uh, Applewhite didn't really play him. And because um, I was good friends with uh, Quentin Dormady. And, and I was like, mate, why aren't they playing you? Because, mate, they, 
they told me they was going to play me. And then he asked to transfer out, I think, in fall camp because he's like, well, I'm going to go to a place who are going to play me if you're not going to play me. And then they wouldn't allow that. So when they needed him, they, um, they didn't even bring him in. So uh, I'm not too sure what happened with that. I'm not privy to all the quarterback meeting information, but um, it didn't really work out because uh, they played too, too many games for Clayton Toon in the end to keep his red shirt intact. So he ended up burning his red shirt later. We'll get back to that. But um, yeah, so we win that game. We're eight and three now. We were seven and one. Now we're eight and three. We, uh, could have done this a bit better, but um, now we've got one last game to go. If we win this one, we win the West. We take on UCF in the conference final. Massive game, but we don't have Derek King, who is one of the best quarterbacks in college football. And then uh, during the week, they have a they always have like practice early in the day, just before um, Thanksgiving, and um, so it means you can go to your family the the night before Thanksgiving, because usually we are uh, travelling on Thanksgiving. So we have Friendsgiving, which is um, like a little version of Thanksgiving with your friends. So I bring the specialist round. We cook up some chicken or some, uh, I put some Gravox in, some Australian gravy. And they, they like that. They think that was a bit of a hit. And uh, all the all the, uh, all the nice foods to go with it and all that. And then I uh, make a choc ripple cake as well. And the boys oh, love that. Like, Mate, this is my number one cake. So uh, yeah. Bit of uh, some family time before the, the last game. And now we have to head up to Memphis, at Memphis, the day after Thanksgiving. The birth in the American Conference Championship game at stake today for Memphis and Houston. They're both going bowling, but they'd love a stopover in Orlando and a shot at a championship along the way. We're hoping for more of the same because the last three meetings have all been decided in the final 90 seconds. In 2015, it was Houston. 2016, Memphis got the upset. And then last year, en route to a berth in the AAC championship game, it was Memphis with the late win over the Cougars, who are your 2015 conference champs. Let's just skip to the, the, the hard part. It's uh, the, the, the tight part, let's say. So Memphis, just normal Memphis weather, pretty, pretty chilly. There's not much clouds in the sky. We've got those nice plastic benches to keep you warm. And it's all tied up at three-quarter time, 31 apiece. So we just win this quarter, we're into the, the final. So I've played a good game. I got lucky with some punts. One punt, I, I held onto the ball too long because Memphis did what Memphis do and just ran away. And I was like, am I allowed to run it? Wait, how far do I have to run? I just had no idea. And, and I'm not allowed to run anyway because like, I wasn't given the green light, so to say. So I, um, I was like, oh, I better kick it just in case. And then I shanked the kick. I went to the other side of the field and the one time of the year I had dual returners, I went straight to that guy and I got lucky because um, one, one of our guys went onto that side just by a hunch and he managed to make the tackle instead of giving up the touchdown. So, uh, yeah, thank you, Josh Burrell, for that. But, um, yeah, we're, um, we give up 21 points in the last and we score nothing ourselves. So we end up losing 52 to 31. Our record is eight and four. And... 
Yes, not too good for us. I think we just need to get to nine wins, and we would have been in the championship. And we were seven and one, so we tied with Memphis and Tulane as equal first seed in the AAC West. But on a count back, Memphis get the the gig in the final as they beat us. But I don't know what happened with that because Tulane beat Memphis at the start of the year. And then obviously we beat Tulane, but then Memphis beat us. And then it just goes into a merry-go-round. Mm. So I don't know how they did that. Maybe it was a count back on points scored. Yeah. Uh, it was a miserable flight back. Uh, straight after the game, Applewhite fired the defensive coordinator, D'Onofrio, right after the game. And he was, uh, as I said, he was just lucky to get his second year. So um, that was really, uh, that was probably Applewhite's, like, uh, Achilles heel so to say like we were seven and one we were close to making the championship yeah. game. we were close to making the new year six bowl following a season in which the Houston defense was on the field and played more snaps than any other defensive unit in the country the football coaching department is once again in turmoil following the firing of defensive coordinator Mark D'Onofrio out of 129 schools within the footballing program the 2018 Cougars ranked 106th for scoring defence, 129th and last in passing defence, 124th in total defence, 129th and last in first downs allowed, 112th in third down percentage, 97th in rushing defence, and 124th in red zone defence. What a bloody way to go. But anyway, we all knew that our offensive coordinator, um, Kendall Bryles, was on his way out. Like, for whatever reason, UH signed him on, like, a three-year deal just before he announced he was to leave. So maybe there was, like, a buyout option that if he did leave, UH would still make some money. And, um, well, the good thing is he didn't quit until after the bowl game. And um, I'll get to that bowl game soon. But, um, yeah... Uh, football season is now done or regular season is now done and um, we get to go to the basketball season starting up and uh, UH opened their um, Petita Centre which is the brand new basketball stadium named after billionaire Tillman Fatita and um, that's a cool little stadium like it's in a little bowl and they fixed it up and made it like more um more ambience and more like upgraded everything. It's really, really nice. And uh, people really like that. Uh, after that, uh, what else did I do in December? I went to John Butler trio with the Aussies here at the Lone Stars and um, Breen Aiden tagged along as well. And then, so we were told that our bowl game, so we had, I had Vegas first year, then we had Hawaii. And I'm like, where, where are we going now? And we were just like, please not Texas. Please not Texas. And they announce it. Our bowl game is in Fort Worth. And that is right next to Dallas. And we're going to the Armed Forces Bowl. And um, you ask every player if they want to go to Fort Worth for a week. Everyone says no. We're on such a good run as well. And we end up here versus Army, who are 10 and 2 on the season and ranked 22. How are we playing in the Armed Forces Bowl versus Army? Like, we have no defense. and We're playing like Army. Oh, my God, this is not going to be good. So, Fort Worth is a cool place. Let me tell you that. A few bars, nice nice bars. Um, we went to a gun range with Dalton and Tony, and that was uh, that was pretty cool. Very loud. Uh, I, I don't really people, I don't think people understand the power of a gun. It's like, okay. I'm holding this in my hand. I'm like, there is nothing stopping me 
from pointing at you and pulling the trigger and ending your life. Like there's, that's too much power for someone to have, but it's, that's just another debate to get into. But um, yeah, gun safety. Remember kids, gun safety. <laughs> so yeah, December 22, we play army. Look at that rush. Tune flushed out of the pocket and he's dropped. Number 10. Wow. Get it back. <laughs> and that will That's do the end of the ball game. Terrible game. Let me tell you that. Terrible game. We're it's half time. We're down forty two to seven. So we're probably not gonna win this one. And um, all of a sudden uh, the ball's on the thirty, it's like field goal range for Dalton. And um, Coach Applewhite yells out the punt team. He goes, Sharks, and I was like, From the thirty? I'm like, and then Dalton's standing like next to him with his hand. He's like, I can, I can kick this field goal. And that didn't really, like, it, it didn't make sense to punt because we're down by like 35 points. Why wouldn't you punt? Why wouldn't you just field goal? Okay, you don't want a field goal because you want to try and get back in the game. We'll, we'll go for it. So as I'm running on the field, I was like, what? I'm just going, all right. Uh, Army think we're about to run a fake. So, like, no one's up rushing. They're all just waiting. And I was like, well, so they snap the ball back to me. I just hold it for a little bit. And I just kick, like, a lace-out drop punt to my teammate who's, like, standing on the goal line. And, um, yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> that was not fun. But, um, yeah, we've got to do what the coach says. And then um, right after that, this is what really, really annoyed me. Right after that, the ball is on our opposite 40. So there's 60 yards to our goal line. And we go for it. And, yeah, we don't make it. And everyone's like, why didn't we go for it when we were in the 30? And why didn't we just punt for it then? But when you're getting smacked in a bowl game and you're feeling that your job's just, like, loosening from your grip, maybe you make some bad decisions. But, um, yeah, I was pretty angry at the time. I was like, you're going to make me punt from the 30? Like, Dalton can kick this field goal. And Dalton said he was like, I just needed one more field goal to make like a certain amount in, in the season. So um, I felt sorry for him. And also I had to make a tackle after a punt. I had to attempt to make a tackle. We got backed up in the end zone. Um, I think Clayton got sacked. He got sacked a few times, a poor kid. Like obviously wasn't um, helped out by the O-line. But uh, yeah, we got pushed, we got back back up into the end zone. There was a delay of games. So we even got further up. And then we had to bring in our extra shield because it was like a backed up punt. I kicked it. I went too far to the center. The guy returned and brought it around to the other side. And, and as I was trying to make a tackle, some, my own teammate just hit me as well. So, um, yeah, it didn't really feel too good. But um, not a good game for me. Not a good game for anyone. And, yeah, we lost We lost 70 to 14 in the end, setting the wrong type of records. These records you don't want. So my question is, like, why did... Why did Houston accept this game? Like, the players don't want it. Like, we had more options as well. Like, we were one of the higher-ranking American teams. So why did we accept this game? We had more options of better places to go. And, like, so there's a few conspiracy theories floating around. So word on the street is that um, uh, the, the head honchos of UH accepted this game knowing that they would be absolutely like unstoppable or army would be and then uh would like not be good enough to win 
and they might even be able to fire their coach after Applewhite so they can get a new coach that's become now available. And so, yeah, people were like, oh, they did that because um, Coach um, Holgerson was now available. So I've got no idea. I like a good conspiracy theory, but um, I'm not sure that was it. But uh, if you ask the players, no, we wouldn't have wanted to play that. We wouldn't have gone... We would have liked to go on somewhere nice. But um, I suppose when you finish the, the season eight and five, and uh, we were seven at one, seven and one at one stage, uh, you don't really get to choose where you want to go. You just have to go wherever they send you. So we lost our um, ability to choose where we wanted to go at, um, when we kept losing those games. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a former Baylor assistant is on the move yet again. Former Baylor offensive coordinator Kendall Bryles, the son of fired Baylor head football coach Art Bryles, has reportedly resigned as the offensive coordinator at the University of Houston. Bruce Feldman from The Athletic first reported the move today. Bryles has been linked to the vacant offensive coordinator position at Florida State and is expected to be named to that spot, according to ESPN. He was at UH for one year, and his time with the Cougars ended with a loss today in the Armed Forces Bowl to Army. End of the season, just like that. Ever after the game, everyone went home. Most uh, took the bus back to Houston. But a few of the people living in the, the Dallas area got to go home with their family. I hightailed it up to Frisco, where my mate Grayson lives. He picked me up uh, after the game because he was at the game. And, um, yeah, I spent the night there. There was no way I was going to make the flight to Australia straight after the game. It was just – it finished – the game finished too close to the, the takeoff uh, – the departure time. So I had to spend a night in uh, Frisco, Dallas area. Yeah. So yeah. And um, flight back home. So yeah, flight back home. I, um, I land Christmas day. So we depart. Uh, when was it? The 23rd. So I didn't even see Christmas Eve that, that year, but so I land Christmas day. I made it to a joint family lunch just in time for lunch too. Didn't miss out on anything. <laughs> and uh, I decided to shave my head for good, goodbye, and um, goodbye hair. And uh, I probably did it a lot earlier than a lot of other people would have. I like to say I beat baldness. Yeah, people would be like, oh, why'd you shave your head? And I said, oh, I, was, I was receding there. I wanted to uh, make sure like people weren't like, oh, I'm glad you shaved your head, like you finally did it. So um, yeah, we're back in Australia. I, uh, I did fit in a lot of stuff in my two weeks in Melbourne again. And we visited the, the wedding venue that we decided on, the Royal Botanic Gardens. Went back to Phillip Island for New Year's Eve again. I surprised a, um, uh, a friend who volunteers at the Richmond Central's Amateur Football Club with a brand new D-Roy 38 jersey. That's Mello. He's the goal umpire. I'd already given him my uh, goal umpire equipment from when I was a goal umpire and he really liked that. So now I gave him a D-Roy 38 jersey. Hopefully one day I'll get to give him a, uh, an NFL jersey of mine. But um, that's, in the, that's in the works still. And then um, for the uh, 30th birthday present, Kiara gave me the... Uh, let's just say um, I was a bit sick after it. I didn't throw up, but uh, I, I was feeling... Uh, well, let you say less than um, less than standard after this. She she bought me a fighter pilot flight for my thirtieth. It was insane. It was intense, and it was at Barwon Heads Airport. And um, there's a video of it. And it's just like 
I look at what I'm doing and you can just see that my, my neck veins are popping the whole time. Like it is a massively beautiful view over the Torquay area where they, they fly. And he's like, all right, we're done. Did you want any more? And I was like, well, Kiara's paid for the full package. So I was like, yeah, give me some more tricks. And then he went up, like dead <laughs> up straight. And then stalled the engine because that's the thing yeah and then he went back down and i was like oh this is how it ends so (laughs) (laughs) i we were meant to go to lunch straight after it but i was um i was like no i don't think i can eat anything just give me a couple of chips and a sprite thanks and then just as i was um getting ready to leave i think i had a couple more days left um while i was in melbourne some big things were happening back in houston our coach Applewhite was fired. Some big changes underway at the University of Houston as their head coach is out. Just after two seasons, Major Applewhite has been let go by the Cougs. They finished 8-5 and five this season, ending on a sour note after a blowout loss to Army. Right now, the rumor is West Virginia coach Dana Holgerson is the man Houston wants to take his place. But so far, that has not been confirmed. Like I said before, was this a setup? We were ranked seven at one at one stage, seven and one at one stage. Everyone on the football staff was fired from design to admin to video. Crazy. But they ended up keeping a couple of those people that they fired because they realized they had no idea what they were doing. So they kept the video director and the uh, personal assistant to the coach. But like, as if you're going to fire your coach who goes, he was seven and one at one stage and now he's fired because he went eight and five. It's like, what? Hmm. So I think that that year we had the best team. Like we were really good. It didn't help that um, Ed Oliver got injured halfway through the year and didn't play for um, a couple of months. I don't think he played in the end, but um, obviously it's NFL about to get drafted. Why would you risk it? Like we're getting spanked, pack it up boys. So um, yeah, he saw the the light in the end of the tunnel for his NFL uh, and his bank balance to go a bit bigger, but um, yeah, it would have been good for everyone to remain um, like, uh, like healthy because Derek got injured as well. So I, I, Apple, I'm really, really like um, good friends with Apple white. And I just felt sorry for him. I was like, that is ridiculous. But it turned out to be pretty good for me. <laughs> that was episode six of Taking a Punt, the Dane Roy story. And we leave it with the team in turmoil. But things can quickly change for the worse, and they can quickly change for the better, as Houston and Dane would soon realise as they venture towards his fourth and final season in the college environment. This is Taking a Punt, the Dane Roy story. 